tackle something. It, it, it's, it's really challenging, and like I told you last time, I believe this, this, this text has been misused a lot, actually, as to uh, what it's actually talking about. Let me make sure this camera, since I moved stuff, yeah, that'll work. Okay, so we're going to try to be honest with this text, and, uh, and I'll tell you maybe why some of the problems have come about as they did. Okay, so we're in Matthew chapter 24. Jesus in chapter 23 unleashed on the Pharisees. And I know we saw that together last time. So now then, he just he said something at the very end of chapter 23 that talking to the Jews, he says, your house is left to you desolate. That's a bad omen of what's to come. Okay, now as chapter 24 begins... Let's take a look and see what happens. Get your Bibles out and get ready because this, this is challenging. Matthew chapter 24, okay? Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. They're just going to say, man, ain't this pretty, basically? To call his attention to its buildings. And look at Jesus' response. Do you see all these things? He asked. I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Now, now think about what he just said. You see all these buildings here? I tell you the truth, not one stone will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. So what did Jesus just tell them was going to happen? I'll tell you what he told them. This place is going to be wiped out. This place is going to be destroyed. Okay? Personally, I think it is in a reference to what was said at the end of 23. Look, your house is left to you desolate. Anyway, let's just keep watching. Everyone will be thrown down. Now, let me just ask you a question. Let's be honest. If you were one of his 12 disciples... And you were there with him that day. You called his attention to the beauty of the temple and the surrounding buildings. And he turns around to you and says, you see that stuff? Not one, one stone will be left upon another. Everyone will be thrown down. Do you think you might want to have a little more information about what's going on? Well, they did. And so they asked Jesus two questions. See if I can get this on the board where you can see it. They asked him a time, you see that? A time question, when? And they asked him a sign question, how are we going to know when it's about to happen? You see that? Watch. Verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. They want to know, see? Tell us, they said. When will this happen? When? That's time. When will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Okay? Now then. It's very important. That those are two great questions. Alright? But, something we have to deal with first, and I should have put this on the board already. If you and I are talking, 
first off, before we, di- before we do that, the King James translation of the Bible is all we had for years and years. Matter of fact, when I was growing up, it's all we had. It's a great translation, okay? All translations have their strong points, yet they all have their weak points as well. It's also true of the King James, okay? This is a weak point for the King James. Because if you were reading in the King James, the question that they ask, they ask when, when will this happen? And then, but then they, it says this, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? Well, if that was the question asked, then whatever Jesus' response was, I'd figure he'd be talking about the end of the world. Okay? Unfortunately, that's not the question. It's when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Okay, so first we have to clear that up. Secondly, now, now, now listen to me on this. If you and I were talking about this, whatever, and we were talking about the coming, the coming of the Lord, what would we be referring to? His second coming, of course, because that's, that's what we've got. That's what we look towards, okay? But that terminology, uh, the day of the Lord is coming, the coming of the Lord, the Lord's coming, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in particular, that didn't always, that, they're not always talking about an apocalyptic, a second coming of some sort. That terminology, hello, that terminology is used oftentimes for not the end of time judgment, but an end time, I-N, end time judgment. Okay, see that? That was very common language for them. Look, let's take a look at a couple of examples. Turn to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 13. Now, we're coming right back to Matthew 24, so, but turn to Isaiah chapter 13. Isaiah 13. Now, now look at about verse 9. Okay? Isaiah 13, go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you get there. Okay, Isaiah 13. All right, look at verse 9 and following. See, the day of the Lord is coming. You hear that? The day of the Lord is coming. A cruel day with wrath and fierce anger to make the land desolate. Remember Matthew 23? Left, it's left to you desolate. Okay, just, just remember that. A cruel day with wrath and fierce anger to make the land desolate and destroy the sinners within it. The stars of heaven and their constellations will not show their light. The rising sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Woo, that sounds like the end of the world, right? Keep reading. Verse 11. I will punish the world for its evil, the wicked for their sins. Yeah, yeah, end of the world. Keep reading. I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty and will humble the pride of the ruthless. I will make man scarcer than pure gold, more rare than the gold of Ophir. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will shake from its place 
at the wrath of the Lord Almighty in the day of His burning anger. Woo! End of the world, right? Keep, keep reading. Like a hunted gazelle, like sheep without a shepherd, each will return to his own people. Each will flee to his native land. Whoever is captured will be thrust through. And who are caught will fall by the sword. Their infants will be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses will be looted and their wives ravished. What? Listen. See, I will stir up against them the Medes who do not care for silver and have no delight in gold. Their bows will strike down the young men. They will have no mercy on infants, nor will they look with compassion on children. You ready? Babylon, the jewel of kingdoms, the glory of the Babylonians' pride, will be overthrown by God like Sodom and Gomorrah. You hear that? He's talking about the destruction of Babylon. He even tells who's going to do it. As a matter of fact, look back at the beginning of chapter 13. Oh, even the heading, a prophecy against Babylon. I mean, that's not scripture, but even they know that. Look, an oracle concerning Babylon that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw. This is describing in figurative language the destruction of Babylon by the Medes. I think the Persians helped them, the Medes and Persians. So when it says in verse 9, the day of the Lord is coming, that was talking about an end-time judgment. One nation coming upon another nation and reaping the judgment of God. An end time. Not the end of time. Clear as mud? Okay. Flip on over to chapter 19 of Isaiah. Just another expression. Chapter 19, verse 1. An oracle concerning Egypt. This time it's concerning Egypt. See, the Lord rides on a swift cloud. Here's the Lord coming on the clouds. Hmm. The Lord rides on a swift cloud and is coming to Egypt. Lord is coming to Egypt. It wasn't for a vacation. It wasn't because he wanted to go see the pyramids. That's silly. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be bad for Egypt. So, just so you... Now, go back to Matthew 24. Just so we understand, when, the, when this is talking about, when the, the disciples say to Jesus, what will be the sign... When will this happen? Time. And what will be the sign of your coming? That's not talking about the end of the world. Unfortunately, with King James's translation, it made it sound that way. So, that's what we thought it was for years. But the, the, the translation is corrected. Better served age than world. So now his disciples, he's just told them, this place is going to be wiped out. His disciples say, when? When is this going to happen? And how, how, what's a sign? What would be a sign to know it's about to happen? Okay? That's what they asked about. This destruction that Jesus just talked about. Not one stone left upon another. Everyone will be thrown down. They want to know. So Jesus begins his answer. Unfortunately, 
He's not going to answer the when. Okay? But he will answer, he will tell them what to look for. Okay? Now, hang on to your hat. Because so much of this, the next few verses we're going to go through have been used to, have been applied to the second coming of Jesus in some form or fashion. This has all been used to talk about the end of time judgment rather than an end time judgment. Are you with me? Because here's what's going to happen. We're going to start reading verses and they're going to be familiar to some of you. And you're going to picture some type of end of world or end of time scenario. And I know what he's talking about. All right. Here we go. Verse 4. The disciples have asked in verse 3, When will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear, here we go. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. This end of the age they asked about. Nation will rise against nation. Oh, wow. Heard this, haven't you? And kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Do you know how many times I've heard, I presume maybe you have too, people, are, people will start talking about, oh, the end of time is, is near. Well, why would you say that? Oh, wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and these. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jesus is coming back soon. Based on this passage, that's not what he's talking about. Just, just give me a chance. Okay, give me a chance. I got an ace in the hole that I think will prove it. But just, just give me a chance. Okay. Verse 10. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Ready? And this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. You hear that? He just says, the gospel will be preached to the whole world. And then the end will come. Pause. Now, you may have never heard this, but some of you probably have. How many of you have heard that Jesus is not going to come back until the gospel has been preached to the whole world? Okay? Based on that verse. The gospel will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Okay? If that were talking about the end of the world, then we're still going to be waiting. Because it hadn't been taken to every creature under heaven. But it's not talking about the end of the world. It's talking about an end time judgment that we will see. So someone will say, well, wait a minute though. 
it, that, whatever that end is, it can't happen until the gospel has been taken to the whole world, correct? Isn't that what he says? Absolutely. Hold your finger there and turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Okay, here we go. Colossians chapter 1. Now watch. This is Paul talking. Oh, let's start in 21 just so we'll catch the flow of the thought. Okay? Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now... He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Amen. Praise the Lord. If, now, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. You ready? This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. And of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Well, according to Paul, as of the writing of this letter, they had taken the gospel to every creature under heaven. That, that's just what he says. And that's about, that's approximately 63 A.D. Okay? So if I take Paul at his word, and I do, as of 63 A.D., Whatever it is he's talking about, that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 24, it can happen. Let's read it again and go back to Matthew 24. I told you to hold your finger there. Flip back to Matthew 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So this end that he's talking about, it could happen any time after A.D. 63, because the gospel has been taken to every creature under heaven, Paul said. Okay? Just saying. Now look at verse 15. Very interesting passage. So when you see standing in the holy place, that's the holy of holies in the temple, when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. When you see that, you better understand. Something's about to go down. Verse 16, Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. When you see the abomination that causes desolation standing in the Holy of Holies, you better get out of town, run, flee to the mountains. Let me ask you something. If this is the second coming of Jesus, what, what does that make? What difference does that make? Well, why are we going to be fleeing to the mountains? This is Jesus coming back for his second coming. For the end of time. Just, it, 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 it's pointless. Watch. Verse 16. Then let those, we just read it. Then let lo, those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of his house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that you... Now look, 
for the for what I was always taught. I mean, I was talking about there's a one time coming and Jesus second coming. Okay, if that's the way it is, this doesn't make any sense at all. I understand some believe in the rapture and those things. This and they try to apply it to that. Okay, well, it would make more sense apply to that if it were talking about a second coming of Jesus. I still say it's not. Continue. Look at verse twenty. Pray that your flight, flight, oh, that's right, they're fleeing to the mountains. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. Well, what difference would that make? Well, I'll tell you why. In the winter, it's going to be cold. You're going to the mountains? It's going to be cold if it's in the winter. And what about the Sabbath? They couldn't travel on the Sabbath. And they locked the gates of the city of Jerusalem. If this is the second coming, doesn't even make sense. Watch. For 20, verse 21. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. Whatever's going to happen, it's going to be really, really bad. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, for the, for the believers... But for the sake of the believers, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, don't believe it. Wait a minute, second coming? And he just says, if anybody says this to me, don't believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. See, I have told you ahead of time. He's given them a sign, things to look for. He's going to give them even more. Watch. Verse 26. So if anyone tells you, there he is out in the desert, or uh, do not, wait, start over. If anyone tells you, there he is out in the desert, don't go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms, don't believe it. Now watch. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Don't lose your brains. Coming of the Son of Man doesn't have to be the second coming. It's going to sound like it. Watch. Wherever there is a carcass there, the vultures will gather. Here we go. Immediately after the, after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Wow, that, that sounds like end of the world, right? Did it sound a little bit familiar? That's a quote from Isaiah 13 in regard to the destruction of Babylon. It's going to be just like that. The sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. And they say in those days, in a, the, the, a major destruction of a city, the fires were so bad, the smoke filled the sky, and it was though the sun and the moon could not even shine. Look at verse 30. At that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky, Second coming or not unlike Isaiah 19 coming to Egypt. 
riding on the clouds. With power and great glory, and He will send His angels with a loud trumpet call and will gather His elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Now see, all this sounds apocalyptic, end of the world kind of thing, but we saw the exact language in the Old Testament. Do you know what happened in A.D. 70? After A.D. 63, whatever the end is he's talking about could happen. Do you know what happened in A.D. 70? Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, was utterly wiped out and destroyed by the Roman army. Wiped out. Historically is described as not one stone left upon another. Hmm. And that the way Jesus described it? The beginning of chapter 24? Yes. I'm proposing to you this is talking about the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. Now watch. My ace in the hole is coming up. Verse 30. No, we already read that. Verse 30. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. Verse 32. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. That's a sign that summer is near. Okay? So learn that kind of a lesson on how to perceive a sign Verse, verse 33, even so, when you see all these things, all these things he's described, when you see all these things, you know that it is near. What is the end of the age? You know that it is, is near, right at the door. Now, here's my ace in the hole. You ready? It's verse 34. I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. You hear that? This generation, I believe he's talking to them. Your generation. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. To me, that says all of this is going to happen in your lifetime. If this is talking about a second coming of Jesus that we're still looking toward, we missed it. Because he said this end of the age is coming in your lifetime. This generation will not pass away until all these things have happened. That's what he's talking about in Matthew 24. Now, now, oh, we're not done. Okay, we're not done. We're not through the chapter yet, for one. But, back to verse 15. Okay? When Jesus says this, When you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, let the reader understand. Flee to the mountains. Don't go back to get your... When you see... No, so what was that? Well, but we don't know for sure. Okay? But we got a good idea. All right? 
And that is where we'll pick up next time. Matthew 24, verse 15, the abomination that causes desolation standing in the holy place. See you then. Thank you.